the election on Tuesday night was an absolute disaster. Today is thir uh, today is Thursday. We still do not know who won the election, and there are several discrepancies found in several different states. This is the worst nightmare for our democracy. Let's talk about it. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back. Okay, so the election started. Let's talk about what happened during the election. So the election started right on time at 5 Pacific time. Results began to pour in. Um, things were going pretty much like we thought. But by 6 p.m., Right when the polls closed in Arizona, Fox News decided to project Arizona was going to Sleepy Joe, which was really weird because 0.0% of the ballots were actually counted in Arizona, and they had just closed their, they had just closed their polls. Um, this was the first of many concerns, which we're going to talk about later. Uh, Fox News got just a ration of crap for doing this. And to this day, Arizona still remains undecided, technically. They still have something like 14% of the ballots to count. That's another problem. But they but they decided to they decided to call it anyway. They never retracted it, and according to the website, it's blue. That was be the first time that state turned blue in like 30-some-odd years. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens with that. But again, we'll get into all this stuff later. At this point, uh, about 7, 6.30, 6 o'clock, I went, I actually stayed with my father and my stepmother, and uh, we decided we're going to go have dinner, and there's, we're going to then go to an election party with one of my dad's friends down in the neighborhood. Um, we didn't think there would be that much to worry about, well, we're not going to miss much between 6 and 7, when 7 or 7.30 when the party started. Uh, it was a great party. There is nothing like drinking wine with a bunch of right-wing conservatives. Let me tell you, if you don't know, but right-wing conservatives can party. The night was going great as far as the party went. Trump was ahead in all of all um, the states that he expected, but he was ahead also in Pennsylvania, Michigan, North Carolina, Georgia, Florida. Florida, he ended up winning. So we were all feeling good about things, and we were getting pretty toasted. I mean, we won't lie. Uh, we decided to go home at about 11.30 because, you know, we were tired. I don't sleep well when I'm at my dad's. It's just, he's got this big bed, and it's not comfortable when I'm not at home. When we got home, this is when things began to go south. Uh, for some strange reason, and something I have never seen before, vote counts stopped for the night. They stopped in Pennsylvania, specifically Philadelphia, Wisconsin, and Arizona. None of us could believe it. Now, it was 1 a.m., 4 a.m. Uh, Eastern Time, and we were not going to find out who won the election. So we said, which wasn't much of a surprise, because uh, Pennsylvania was going to take a long time. Um, but the ballot co counters didn't want to stay up all night. So, it made absolutely no sense. My dad said simply, they're going to steal this one. Now, I was beginning to get concerned because 
Trump Trump did have leads, but they weren't gigantic leads, but they were leads nonetheless. So we went to best. We went all went to bed, and we were really pissed off about what was actually happening. Our worst nightmares were realized the next morning. I woke up and immediately looked at my phone. Trump was losing Michigan, Wisconsin, and Nevada. Biden still had been declared a winner in Arizona and was declared the winner in Virginia, which isn't a huge surprise because Virginia's been blue. I don't even think it was a battleground state. Uh, but Trump did think he might flip it. Trump still had substantial leads in Georgia, North Carolina, and Pennsylvania. But the leads were narrowing, and they narrowed quite a bit. At least he did win Florida. That was done, and he won Florida big. But Trump gained very little ground overnight. Twitter was on fire. People were screaming that the election was stolen. Trump was tweeting throughout the day, and Twitter does, does what it does. It suspended conservatives for having hope for the election, offering opinions, and throwing out... Um, statistics that they were able to find throughout the night. Trump, who, uh, Matt Walsh was a prime example. He actually just, uh, put out a, uh, a tweet. It, the tweet had something to do with how does someone gain that many votes overnight? Something's going wrong here. And Trump retweeted it. Walsh's account. This was just an opinion. This wasn't a fact. He didn't base anything on fact. This was pure opinion. And his account was suspended for that. Uh, they said he was he was um, issuing some sort of uh, policy on disseminating false or misleading information during a civic uh, civic do something. I don't know. It was it just the, the funny thing is that they never suspended Biden's account when he put up that put up a meme that said that he was going to win. I mean, that's an opinion too. But notice they never, the left never suspends anybody. Uh, that's the double standard uh, that Twitter has. But that's when things started getting really, really weird with the elections and the legitimate questions were now needed to be asked. So, well, let's go over, let's go over what continued because you know what we still don't know what's going on well here's the thing this thing isn't over um today is thursday and it's still not over we're still going uh but you know something we've been doing this for 244 years you think we'd have this down by now well apparently we don't or there are malfeasance going on who knows um you know cheating and a me the media is a conspirator. The media, the media just keeps ignoring everything. Ignoring they ignored Biden's uh, mind lapses. They've ignored um, they've ignored the voting problems that have been happening in the past. They have been ignoring the Hunter Biden laptop. I, they are just pure conspirators with the Democratic Party. Let's take a look at some of the bizarre things that are actually happening. Well, the first thing we need to really clarify is if Trump wins the last four states, those states being Nevada, Pennsylvania, um, North Carolina, and Georgia, he wins the election. And those four states are really up for grabs. Arizona is an interesting one. Arizona Fox News called 
with 0.0% of the votes, like I said earlier. Um, it's blue. But Arizona apparently is a lot closer than it sounds. And they it sounds like they're at like, they're about 84% of the votes tallied. And one of the things the Trump administration is pointing out is that uh, you still haven't, they still haven't counted the red areas of the map. And they believe the areas that they're, that they're, haven't counted yet are going to push extremely heavy onto Trump. Now, let's be concerned a little bit about Arizona. First off, Arizona reported that they had actually counted 95% of the ballots and it was wrong. They only counted 84% of the ballots. Then on Wednesday, they decided not even to, um, on Wednesday, they decided not to count at all. They were going to start counting on Thursday which is really weird. So this place is really a mess. There are several districts, including in California and Wisconsin, that have been rumored to have had more votes than registered voters. Uh, now, this little list, if you go to dumbassestalkingpolitics.com, you can actually look at the charts. This is from Real Clear Politics. And this is looking at eight different states that seem to be having this issue. Nevada has 1.277 million registered voters, but somehow they have 1.593 projected votes. That's 125% to turnout. Pennsylvania, 6.469 million, with projected votes at 7.41 million. That's 109%. Minnesota, 3 million registered, 3.197 million votes. That's 107%. North Carolina, 5.160 million projected votes, 5.453 million. And we could actually round that up to 5.454 million. That's 106%. Wisconsin, 3.129 million registered voters. And they have 3.283 million registered, uh, projected votes. That's 105%. And it goes on and on like this. In the 2016 election, California was at 104% of projected votes versus registered voter, voters. This stuff is very scary. And they actually have, this was on a newscast, they actually showed that Lancaster, Pennsylvania, had 108,000 mail-in vote requests. They had mail-in ballots returned of 89,000 and total votes counted 142,000 votes, 143,000 votes. If the Trump administration decides if this is true and real clear politics is a left-wing outfit, if they're actually saying this is happening, and if the news media is saying this is happening in Lancaster, you've got to assume some of it's true. There is going to be some real questions on whether they're going to have to look at these votes, and this could take months. They're going to have to look at these votes and see where they're actually coming from. Or this election, we, we're never going to have a legitimate election again. There was another graph going around um, through Twitter. Now, I had to look this guy up. And apparently this guy is an internet journalist named Derek Duck. And that is his name. I'm not kidding. His, uh, apparently his information is so accurate that 
Twitter actually suspended him for posting these two charts. And what these are, they're actually graphs. And what they show is the voting, the number of ballots counted by hour on November 3rd through November 6th. Now, in the race from Wisconsin, the Trump, you see the curve for Trump, it's going up pretty consistently, kind of levels off. And for Biden, it goes up consistency, consistently, but he's constantly below Trump. And he's below by probably about four, 400,000 votes, three to 400,000 votes. Then at f about 4 a.m., between 4 and 5 a.m., you see a sharp spike where Biden actually gets, it looks like, all of the votes and then goes and then he levels off again. Here's the thing. Um, the attorney for Donald Trump and the campaign basically said, yes, this is happening. There was a point that Joe Biden was receiving 100,000 votes and while well, Trump received none. And they thought that's very irregular. But this duck also has another one for Michigan that shows the same thing. And you, you see the, the line goes really consistent for Trump and he's constantly ahead of Biden and he's ahead by about, um, it looks like quite a bit actually. It looks like uh, almost 100, 200,000 votes. And then suddenly at just after 6 a.m., Biden spikes straight up and to the point where, and then goes up again until he finally catches Donald Trump. This is all irregular. Now, Donald Trump's team has requested recounts in several states, including Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, and Arizona. The legal challenges are based on vote counts and have no uh, that votes that have been counted having no business being counted. What that means is if a ballot is returned on November 4th or is not post-dated correctly, these ballots shouldn't count at all. And that's a big thing. The Supreme Court is, uh, well, the Supreme Court screwed that one up, but that's kind of a big thing. So the election ends on November 3rd, and if you're counting votes on November 4th, that vote can't count. So that's going to be fun. The uh, Supreme Court has already ruled that all votes should count. And November 4th, that John Roberts is such a dickhead. Anyway, uh, but they basically didn't want to rule on this. So they're going to attack this again in those four states. I don't think court battles are going to lead to much. They never have. If you look at the Bush-Gore, if you look at the Bush-Gore uh, 2000 race, um, Bush uh, Gore tried to sue just about everything, try, you know, trying to get uh, something recounted. It never worked. I don't think it's going to work for Trump here also. But if there are enough irregularities, those are going to become publicly known. So that's going to be a thing. Uh, also, I don't think recounts are going to make any difference. If you're looking at a recount in a state where Trump is down, a hundred thousand votes. I don't think that's gonna a recount's gonna change much. So if you look at Florida in two thousand, because Florida was the uh, uh, redheaded stepchild of the two thousand election, it, it literally changed by maybe 
50, 60 votes. There wasn't that much of a change in Florida. And I don't think recounts are going to really make a difference when it comes when you're down by 100,000. But I think the legal challenges are mixed with voter recounts. They basically want them to rule that, okay, we need to look at these, we need to recount after you know how these ballots are going to be allowed to be counted. So I don't see this being done for a couple of weeks. Uh, I've been looking at all of the poll, all of the voting numbers, and it doesn't look like they've actually gone too far. It doesn't look like anything's counted. In uh, Nevada, Trump's still losing by 8,000 votes, and it doesn't even appear they're counting right now. I, I just don't understand why we're not seeing numbers come in. Finally, Pennsylvania, especially the city of Philly, Philly has decided to ban any vote watchers. Now, vote watchers are bipartisan, and basically uh, a, an individuals or individuals from each party goes in and watches the voters, uh, watches the vote counters to make sure that they're doing a good job and that everything is legitimate. Well, in Philadelphia, which is a highly democratic city, they've decided to not only throw the vote watchers out, but actually white out the windows so no one can see anything of what the vote counters are doing. Well, that's going to be a lawsuit. So there's just a lot of fishy stuff going on, and it's throughout the country. Uh, people have pointed out, oh, what's well, happening all in the Democratic... Well, no, it's happening in Arizona, too. So it, there, are, there are odd things that are actually happening in this election. So is everything bad? No, not really. I actually think everything was quite successful on Tuesday. Let's go over some of the good things. So far, we've been talking about all the bad news that happened. And the bad news really was President Trump possibly losing the election. Now, we got to be careful here. He hasn't quite lost the election. But the reality is the Republicans actually had a really good night. And a lot of this stuff is very consequential that happened last night. First off, the Republicans, for all intents and purposes, are going to keep a majority in the Senate. Races that weren't supposed to be that were supposed to be close, or the Republican was supposed to lose, um, they ended up winning and usually winning big. So Collins in Maine, who was supposed to lose, won pretty pretty handily. Um, uh, uh, Mitch McConnell, Cocaine Mitch, he was supposed to be in a tight race. He ended up winning it by like twelve points. Um, even Lindsey Graham, who was supposed to be was supposed to, an up-in-the-air race, he ended up blowing him out. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit more on that later, because I think that that's one of the problems that we have in this country. Republican gained a bunch of seats in the House of Representatives. Polls said they were going to lose seats, and they didn't. Uh, the other thing, Trump was supposed to get absolutely blown out in this election. Um, he was supposed to lose the popular vote and the electoral college vote. He didn't. He won states he wasn't supposed to win. Um, there were states that were they, everyone was sure was blue and it turned they turned red. Even the popular vote, he's only down two points. So it's it, the in the popular vote he has forty. I think it's over forty eight percent of the popular vote and Biden has just over 50% of the popular vote. So he made some great gains, especially in, let's say, Florida. And this was huge. 
But the most important, not only did the Republicans do really well in this election, there was no blue wave, there wasn't quite the red wave, there was more of a red wave, it was more of a trickle of water, kind of a, a more of a high tide than a wave, per se. But the most important thing is the woke crowd got skinned. The black vote went from 7% for Trump in 2016 to 15% in 2020. And we don't, we're don't we not even sure yet. That's what they know about. Hispanics voted for Trump close to 40%, especially in Florida. In fact, minorities have voted for Trump in droves this year. This shows the rejection of intersectionality and identity politics. The term racist has been so overused, no one thinks anything of it anymore. So when I say I'm voting for Trump, well, you must be a racist. So what? It's just not a thing. And you can tell it's not a thing because the Hispanics and black folks are saying the same thing. They don't care. Trump did a good job. I'm voting for Trump. I mean, you had three or four rappers that were voting for Trump. This is, this is an awesome thing. The rejection of intersectionality and identity politics is really going to be important for the survival of this country. So people are going to vote whoever they want and not care about what other people think. This is the biggest tell of this election. Even the left wing, even the left is thinking this was an important election. Even the left has been saying that, my gosh, we really got smoked. CNN, MSNBC, CBS, NBC, ABC, they all said the same thing. This was not a good election for Democrats. This was not a good, uh, this was not a good election for the woke. But you know what they do? Do they decide that we're going to sit back and we're going to learn from this? Like they should have learned from this back in the uh, 2016 election when Trump won. No, they're not learning for it. So what are they saying? Racism, anti-racism, wokeism. People just don't get it. I, that's what they're saying. The left is calling uh, the Hispanics, then, and that includes Venezuelans, that includes South Amer- Central Americans, that includes Cubans. They're calling them white now. Or they're whitewashed. One of the two. Either one of the two. So the left isn't learning, just like they didn't learn in, 20, in 2016. They're not learning in 2020. And I think it's going to cost them in 2022. Now, what's kind of cool about this election also is this may be, this may be a, a, a dream within a nightmare. Trump losing this election, now you're going to get a, a geriatric old fool as the president and a wild leftist as the vice president who will probably poison the president's food so she can become vice president. And let's face it, Kamala Harris, you can't trust her. And she was not popular. She's not a popular politician. If she was, she would have done better than 2% during her presidential run. She never did. She's going to run the country into the ground. She's going to write executive order after executive order. You notice I don't even think Biden is going to... I wouldn't be surprised. First off, this um, this whole Hunter Biden thing is going to come and bite him in the ass. So he's either going to get impeached... Or the 25th Amendment's going to be hit up, especially if he starts hiring leftists in his cabinet. Trust me, the cabinet will have no problem signing off on Joe Biden. 
or he um, is just going to retire. It's going to be one of those things that happen, and it will be within his first year if he makes it through the first year. He'll be 46th president in name only if he wins. So don't panic because you have a Senate that is Republican. You have constitutionalists six to three in the Supreme Court. It's going to be very hard for the leftist leftist president to do much of anything. And I got news for you. Those folks in the House of Representatives, they're worried because they did so piss poorly in this election. So look at the look at the bright side. There is a bright side. So last but not least, let's talk about some lesson, lessons learned because there were lots of lessons we should we we should have learned some of these lessons from 2000, but we didn't and things are just getting absolutely worse. So here's some here's some things. We must have some sort of bipartisan bipartisan oversight of voting in each state. In other words, we need to look at the processes of each state, determine where their uh, where those processes have potential holes or bottlenecks, and we need to fix them, and we need to fix them before the next election. That being said, we also need to have a standardized set of voting procedures for each state. Now, that does not mean that the states don't have the option to do whatever, but so far, uh, or they don't have any options on how they handle the electoral college votes. For example, Nebraska splits their electoral college, whereas California, it's all or none. That's fine. It, let them do that. But the process of determining the vote, it, it, it does need to be standardized in every state. One state... If one state has mail-in balloting, another state doesn't have mail. Okay, come together and, and make a decision on how we want voting to take place in these states. If they want to join in on a federal election, everyone should be doing it the same way for the most part. Mail balloting and ballot harvesting are disasters. They must be banned. This has nothing to do with absentee balloting. Okay, absentee balloting is when someone's out of country, out of state, or wherever, they request a ballot, they identify themselves, and that ballot comes to them, they fill it out, and they mail it back. That's fine. That's been around for, I mean, probably centuries by now. But the problem is, we should not have ballots willy-nilly going all over the, all over the states. And we don't know where they're going, we don't know who they're going to, we don't know how many we're sending them. It should be required, and COVID is not an excuse. I'm sorry, COVID that is a stupid excuse. The um, balloting, you should have to go to a polling place and vote. If you can't go to a polling place and vote, then you shouldn't. You should use an abs order an absentee ballot and vote that way. But everybody should be going. Hey, voting is a privilege. We haven't had these kind of problems until the recent, until this election. And if you want to vote, you go to the polling place and you vote. No, the state doesn't just send you ballots. California is notoriously unreliable when it comes to states, uh, when it comes to voting. Some counties have way over the number, way over the votes compared to the number of people who are uh, 
compared to the uh, number of voter registrations. I mean, California is about as corrupt. I mean, Orange County is a blue county, and I can't name one Democrat that actually lives in Orange County. San Diego is the same way. Riverside is the same way. So this stuff is, this is not a good thing. We need to get rid of all that absolute garbage. Um, The polling was absolutely terrible. It was completely wrong. Everything the pollsters did, and it was wrong in two, it was wrong in 2016. Well, guess what? It was wrong in 2020 again. I mean, the pollsters said Trump was going to get blown out in this election. It's going to be a landslide. Guess what? It wasn't a landslide by any stretch. Even the popular vote, the popular vote is split by two percent. They said the popular vote was going to range from seven to thirteen percent. They blew it. Certain states. For example, Florida was supposed to be really close. It was a blowout in Florida. The Senate races, they also screwed up on. I said this earlier, Lindsey Graham, Mitch McConnell, Susan Collins in Maine. All this was supposed to be really close. Susan Collins was almost sure she was going to lose her seat. Guess what? They were all blowouts. The polling absolutely sucked. And this could be for a couple of reasons. It could be that the polling is slanted. The polling tilts in one way. For example, when I see an MSNBC poll, I, I just like, okay, whatever. I see a Wall Street Journal poll, okay. I see a Fox News poll, news poll. I even say, no, no, I don't. Fox News really handled this badly. Um, they screwed up. Uh, so. Uh, so they also screwed up the House votes. They thought this was going to be a lot closer than it was, and they even thought that the House Democrats were going to gain uh, votes in the House. They were going to gain people in the House. They didn't. Republicans did. I think it was seven seats, which is huge, considering they only needed 13 seats. So this is just, it was, the pollsters have been destroyed. Um, the media is the complete enemy of the people. And I don't usually like to say that, but it's absolutely true. The media is slanted. The media will never learn. The media... Do you, ben Shapiro, I believe, said that if the media were not involved in this election, if just reported news like they're supposed to, the, Trump would have won this election by 10 points. But the media is so twisted. They are just... They're an extension of the Democratic Party. Our media needs to be destroyed. They need not. I don't mean destroyed as in, you know, kill anybody. I mean, they need to be torn down and rebuilt because our media is not apolitical like they should be. Uh, finally, you know, we need to come up with a constitutional amendment that actually deems that the election is on the first Tuesday of November and no votes cast after 8 p.m. local time unless there are unforeseen issues, will be counted. And there should be a process. So if, a, like in North Carolina, they had to extend voting time by about an hour because the machines didn't work in the beginning. And they did that. They did that. That's fine. But you go. there's a process you should have to go through to say, we're extending voting time. We're not just say it and then not give a reason why. But I think we need a constitutional amendment that says... When the election starts, when the election ends. And I don't believe in this early balloting crap. I don't believe the polls should be open for two... Well, I don't mind the polls being opened if you're going in and actually voting. 
Okay. But I, I, I think there's still, even if they're open for that long, it, there is manipulation that can be done. I, I know it's on November 3rd is when we have our elections. It starts at 7 a.m., ends at 8 p.m., done. End of story. You miss it, you miss it. Voting is a privilege, and it is not a right. It is a privilege. If it was a right, a resident can vote. It's a privilege. You are an American citizen. You get to vote. So therefore, if it's inconvenient to vote, guess what? It can be inconvenient. It might be inconvenient that your air conditioning doesn't work in the car, but driving is a privilege and air conditioning is not a right. Okay, you can follow me on Twitter at RunninFool, R-U-N-N-I-N-F-E-W-L. You can download or listen to this podcast on Podbean, Podcast Static, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and YouTube. Uh, you can visit my website at www.dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. And hopefully, next podcast tomorrow, I've got some more news for you. Not sure that's going to happen, but we'll see. This is Gene. Keep your head up, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. 